Watch uh, Tales from the Crypt episode from uh, the distant past, and we try to remember it, recall it, and give you a little spin on it. And thanks for joining us again. As always, I'm your host, uh, Jace Toland. With me, as always, is my co-host, Jesse Dunn. Welcome back. Oh, why, hello. <laughs> Uh, so, man, we, uh, we watched this episode last night, uh, it's, it's title is The Ventriloquist Dummy, uh, we, we, man, we re- had recorded a very long episode about it, and, uh... Too long. Too long, so now we're gonna, we're, we to spare you all almost two hours of, uh, content, which was mostly just excited drunk rambling... Uh, we're going to try to just uh, dial it in the day for you. So let's get to it. Let's get straight to it. Uh, okay, so... Of course, we zoom through Crypty, who's making all sorts of puns about dummies and puppets and... Uh, yeah, well, he, he gets a... Uh, he gets a ventriloquist dummy in the mail. Like he's like, "Oh, you made it!" Like he was just gonna. He was in the middle of his day. He was opening up this dummy to just, you know, interact with it on his own. And because uh, he's like, you know, he, he's ready to go. He's opening it, and you know, oh, lo and behold, it's just a ventriloquist dummy. He he does a joke about it, and then throws it into a fire. Ah, oh, that's right. And then we we start our show, and uh, this show opens on a stage and there's a crowd mm-hmm. and there's a performer a ventriloquist it's Don Rickles I know it was uh, yeah, I don't insult. know much about him but um, he seemed very familiar master insult comic he used to make fun of the, gra- the crowd in real life uh, Don was a comedian and he was known for giving everyone a hard time he would actually heckle them so in this show he's playing Mr. Ingalls the ventriloquist mm-hmm. And he's heckling the crowd. He's making fun of people. He's calling out uh, the fat guy in the back and the, the overdressed lady in the front. He's just picking them apart like he normally would. The only difference is this time his dummy, this ventriloquist puppet, is a puppet a dummy. I, I, think, I think if you're doing ventriloquism and you have your hand inside of the dummy, then I think that makes it a dummy. I don't think... I mean, if But you, some puppets, you definitely put your hand inside the puppet. But those are kind of Jim Henson's dark territories since they're, they're more uh, flowy and mobile and their flesh is more silken. But Jim Henson makes Muppets. Exactly. So there's a difference between Muppets, puppets, and dummies. Yes. Okay, let's move on. It's, it's, I mean, if you want to play it at home... Um, you just make a. Uh, you have to decide what hand si- uh, shapes you want to assign for each one, and you can make kind of a rock paper scissor game out of that. The point is, back to the show. Mister Ingalls is picking apart the crowd, and they would be getting upset. But this dummy's making all sorts of jokes. He's firing up the audience. Mm-hmm. He's hitting home runs, and uh, 
And he's a, the guy's a good ventriloquist, and he's so good. He's got old people cracking up. He's got young people cracking up. There's one kid who's losing his mind. This kid mm-hmm. with glasses. Mm-hmm. This kid just he looks. At, he's looking at the stage just like in, in awe. Like this ventriloquist is like a celebrity, like royalty. Yeah. No. He. Uh, this kid uh, who will soon know as Billy. Uh, Billy is really excited about just ventriloquism in general, but I guess this kid's been following him for a minute, so this is kind of like a big deal for him. Because Mr. Ingalls is Billy's favorite ventriloquist, and we learned this when uh, Mr. Ingalls kills it, wraps up the show, goes back to his dressing room, and Billy comes in for an autograph. Yeah, Billy comes in for an autograph, um... He has Mr. Ingalls sign this really uh, creepy black and white photo uh, of him and Morty, the the dummy. Um, so he signs it for him real quick, and he he asks Billy, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" He, before he can even answer, his his uh, mother, who is dressed you know super prim and proper, has you know uh, flashy jewelry on, seems like upper middle class uh she's like no no uh billy's gonna be a doctor he's gonna be a doctor just won't even let him dream about the idea of being a performer he's not gonna billy's not gonna follow in the footsteps of this ventriloquist even though obviously billy looks up to this guy mr ingles Mm -hmm. so much billy's enchanted right now Mm -hmm. you can tell he was laughing the hardest in the audience but nope dreams are dashed you're gonna be a doctor mom says and uh he gets the autograph signed, and they're on their way out. And this younger woman, in comparison to well, Bill, Mr. Ingalls, well, I think we should also say that Billy does voice after after he's like being talked for by his mother uh, that he does want to be a ventriloquist, and they kind of she scoffs at that, and then the scene moves on. Um, and they're headed out the door, and there's a a younger woman, maybe in her thirties, coming in. To see Mr. Ingalls, and Mr. Ingalls is probably in his like sixties or seventies. Kind of like a dressing room type. Uh, yeah, green art. room. Yep. Yeah, and uh, she comes in, and she starts talking to Mr. Ingalls about, "Are you going to take me out tonight? What are we going to do?" And the the dummy who's still on Mr. Ingalls' hand answers and says, "Sure thing, I'm going to take you out tonight." And uh, then the younger woman looks at Mr. Ingalls and says, "How about you?" And Mr. Ingalls doesn't really say anything. He just kind of has this panic look on his face. And she giggles. And <laughs> he's, yeah, he's not really feeling it as much. But, uh, <laughs> but Morty, man, he, he, wants to, he wants to rally. He wants to party. So uh, Yeah, the dummy's up for it. He's down to go out on a date. Mr. Ingalls is just looking a little weathered and, and, and a little stressed after such a great performance. And, and now this younger <laughs> woman's asking him to go out. And it just it seems like he'd be excited. But he's not. And uh, he eventually does, like, I think he, be, you know, he goes along with it um, and kind of says, oh, we could go to my little bungalow, uh, cut to um, Billy getting home. He has the photo- signed photograph in his hands. He, he rush, rushes to bed. Um, he's doing his own ventriloquism uh, mimicry with his mouth and his hands. Um, he is just like super excited. He, uh, his mother calls up, Hey, sound lights off. She does that a couple times. Finally does it. 
right when that happens, uh, you see kind of a soft glow of uh, fire in the distance and sirens start uh, whirring up. Uh, lo and behold, he somehow, a kid who will soon be a doctor, or is on the trajectory, one might argue, based on what we've been given, his family, probably upper middle class, probably have some money, probably a nice house. Why are they right next door to a seedy, uh, like, motel bungalow zone that has its most notable feature is two neon dolphins kissing in an arch, which, again, is so close to Billy's room that you can, you can, you can see the fire from the bungalow's on his face, dancing. So, uh, screams are happening, and, you know, it's like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Boom. 15 years later. Yeah, they don't even, uh, they don't even really let us know. They just suggest that this seedy motel went up in flames, and 15 years later. Yeah. Billy saw the fire. You're right. He was close. The neon light of the kissing dolphins and the flames in his eyes. <laughs> but now, 15 years later. Yeah, 15 years later, uh, we see him pull up to this kind of shady-looking uh, cabin in the middle of the woods. Uh, we quickly find out that he's not a doctor based on his attire, which would be a greasy ponytail... Uh, long ponytail. A long ponytail. A uh, he's not driving a great car. It's kind of like a middle of the road car. He has this windbreaker that looks like it was just birthed from the nineties. Most of his attire is just just it's pretty whack, but it's, and it's enjoyable. It's Bob, and it's it's Bob uh, Bobcat Goldwraith who yeah. is play plays Billy Goldman in this. Uh, this fine episode. Anyway, so he rolls up in his car. He's uh, practicing all of his line, uh, his his greeting to Mr. Ingalls, because, you know, he decided that 15 years ago when Mr. Ingalls told him he could look him up for tips or tricks anytime, he decided to wait 15 years. Obviously, we're assuming at this point perfecting his act, because we soon see he, he grabs uh, his own dummy from his car. Uh, as he's walking up to Mr. Ingalls, supposedly Mr. Ingalls' residence, um, we quickly find out that it's super sketchy there. There, all the windows are completely covered up with newspaper. Yeah, kind of like a like a like a Unabomber type situation. You can already get a vibe as older Billy is walking up the porch. You can tell Billy's. Just he's gonna be as starstruck as ever, just like he was when he was a little kid that day. He's nervous. He's talking to himself. He's practicing his lines. Oh, Mr. Ingalls, I, I looked up to you my whole life, and, and, and I, I need your approval to. You need to let me know if I'm good enough. And as he's walking up the steps of the porch, you can you, you get this vibe that maybe Mr. Ingalls doesn't want to be bothered. He's gotta be a shut in. There's newspapers, like you said, covering all the light. And it looks kind of run down, Unabomberish for sure. And Billy knocks on the door, and Mr. Engel says something about, well, I don't want any, get away, leave me alone. Exactly. And Billy says, no, no, you, it's me, you said I could look you up. And Mr. Engel peeks through the door, 
I guess just because Billy has a ventriloquist dummy, he just opens the door. No, no. He, well, he notices it, and, and here's, like, a, a, an important part. So, supposedly, this man could be a doctor. However, he spent the last 15 years working on his puppetry, his ventriloquism. Uh, he does a... He tries to use some of his uh, talent on Mr. Ingalls to, you know, in his excitement, and his mouth is moving uh, more exaggerated than if he was just talking normally, which I believe is the opposite of ventriloquism. Oh, you mean on the porch he starts yeah. going into a little shtick mm-hmm. with his dummy? Yep. And yep, it looks yep. terrible? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Billy Boy, all grown up, is doing worse as an adult than we saw him practicing that night as a kid in bed. Which is fucking wild, That man. makes no sense. I how... He was closer. Worse. Yeah, he was closer to being a pro ventriloquist right out of the gates that night when he was inspired, mm-hmm. and now as an adult, after <laughs> working for fifteen years and investing in his own dummy, his mouth is moving more than the dummy. It's such an awkward experience. Billy is giving me anxiety <laughs> just watching him because he's so nervous and kind of slippery and and overly excited about seeing his idol, Mister Engels. And they, Mr. Ingalls opens the door, they go in the house, and Billy sets down his dummy on the couch. And Mr. Ingalls is like, hey, whoa, 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 this isn't going to be long. What do you want? And this is where Billy is like, hey, um, oh, I looked up to you, blah, blah, blah. You met me 15 years ago. You said to look you up if you ever need a tip or something. He's like, oh, that was a long time ago, kid. You got a memory like an elephant. And, uh... Billy then proceeds to say, "Hey, I'm doing a, a like a, a you know a show in town. I want to have you come by. It's uh, just kind of it's an open mic, but you know, I was like, you know, it doesn't look too receptive. But as he's saying this, as, you know, he's been in the house maybe twenty seconds. He walks over, he's talking, and he picks up this piece of paper just on uh, like a nightstand next to a lamp and just starts reading it. Just, a little piece of newspaper yeah, cut out. Cut out, Clipped. A, a cut out old clip of newspaper. Just Kind of creepy already. Right. Just starts reading it. Doesn't even like read it in his own head and then decide, oh, well, why I shouldn't be. Right. This. He reads it out loud. Yeah, he reads it out loud. Picks this piece of paper up and just, it says something along the lines of, 15 years ago, or, or not, it doesn't say that, but like it says, uh, woman uh, burned in a, a tragic hotel fire and uh, Mr. Ingalls is injured or like a local ventriloquist was injured or something. And oh. really, it's, it's, that's the link. I mean, it, he was there. Obviously, that's the night of the fire. Billy yeah. knows what's going on. It's strange. The clipping was chilling by a lamp in the middle of the room that Billy decided to read out loud without even, okay. you know, self-internalizing it for a moment. Yeah, or, but or, or that'll Mr. happen. Engel, Mr. Ingalls also just likes to keep it out because he's clearly uh, needs to have it right in his living room. Well, obviously, Mr. Ingalls, again, in this shut-in Unabomberish state, is not doing well socially, personally. Oh, and by the he's way... He got injured in that fire. That's something that the newspaper clipping said. And it's pretty obvious he got injured because Mr. Ingalls has a giant, like, extra-large black oven mitt on his right hand Mm -hmm. where he used to do the dummy work. Now, it's just this giant, oversized... It looks like it's stuffed with, like, a softball. It's like an extra half foot just on top of where his fist would be 
Just like this giant, uh, like praying mantis arm mandible. It's so strange and distracting. I'm having trouble even remembering what else went down in that scene be because you would expect a hand that got burnt to probably most likely be less than what it was, not larger. Right. Usually in fires, it, it uh, takes away. It takes away, it doesn't add. It's, it's not like mass. A, it's not like an X Men type thing where it's like he mutated, he, the fire caused him to grow more arms. And then why the giant, like, black oven yeah, man? It's so, just so distracting. I don't even remember what else. Yeah, they don't bring any real, like, other than him being like, I lost a lot, where she, like, shows him his, his giant stump that's larger than life, literally. And, uh,. Yeah, Billy. Other than that, they don't mention it, and Billy's like, "Oh, that that's terrible." Oh, I do recall Billy sees a trunk up in a loft, and Billy's talking about how that night that Mister Ingalls performed and also got his hand burnt was the last night that Mister Ingalls had ever been a ventriloquist on stage. Yeah, that and was that just like his. That was his downfall. Like he is something like a little sketchy, but like apparently he never went to jail he was just injured in the same fire so it's like why would his career stop unless unless so well he can't he can't do it with his left hand i think they even talk about yeah. that that the right hand had the magic You're the right. left hand he couldn't do it with the left couldn't hand mr ingles says and anyway billy's asking where's morty where's the puppet you know and he sees a trunk and he he kind of asks you know is morty up there oh, yeah, he gets excited he's like hey can we can we bust up morty yeah and mr ingles <laughs> yes. is not having it and at this point mr ingles is basically just saying get out leave me alone kid yeah and just before morty uh, exits, he says, hey, don't forget your act, because Morty's about to leave, and Morty hasn't even picked up his dummy mm -hmm. from the couch. For further foreshadowing how incompetent... Morty. I mean, Billy. Billy is. Have I been calling Billy Morty? No, no. Okay. I think you mixed it up once, All right. and now you're trapped in the Bernstein, Bernstein, Bears universe. And I believe in Berenstein, by the way. <laughs> so, moving forward, Mr. Engel's not only tells him, hey, don't forget your act. I guess, it's so ridiculous. Billy, you decided to forget about being a doctor. Obviously, you were on a path. And now you're a ventriloquist, and you almost forgot your dummy. It's a little concerning. Mm -hmm. Plus, you move your mouth more than the dummy when you're doing... Things aren't looking good. Anyway. Things. He, on his way out, uh, Mr. Ingalls was like, hey, I'll think about it. Cut to Billy that night. He's behind the curtain. There's an act on stage. She's singing some song, some old school. Uh, Camptown races while yeah. twirling batons. Um, this is where I thought maybe, just maybe, uh, this is like an alt, a futuristic turn, like turn of the century, but that also takes place in the '90s, because a lot of the entertainment, a lot of the values of the people and characters you see are kind of dated. However, they live in kind of what we would assume would be the 90s. So I think it's an alternate Earth. Uh, I, I had a like six minute rant about this last night, but I'm just gonna leave it at that. You do your own research, you look into it. Billy's back there, he's watching this type of like vaudevillish Burning Man talent show go down. Uh, very, uh, very Seattle-ish, you know, like I could see a lot of mustaches. I know where you're coming from, but it's definitely the 90s based on the windbreaker. Mm -hmm. So You can believe that. Billy's put on stage. He's like, hey, get ready. The, the guy backstage, the one who's, you know, emceeing the event is letting people know, 
you're up next, Billy. Get ready. Get out there. And as Billy's being rushed out on stage, mm-hmm. he notices that Mr. Engels comes in the right room. Right at that last, that, right yep. at that moment, he's going on. Yep. And uh, Mr. He, Engels is standing in the back, just kind of watching. Yep. And you can tell just Billy just starts to get there. more nervous than ever. Oh, yeah. He's super nervous. Uh, it's a full house. Uh, Camp Town Races just crushed it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So he he's, he he starts muttering into the microphone, and it's that class. Did it? I'm almost 100 percent sure it did that classic trope of like the mic makes that weird microphone feedback awkward noise in the beginning. Everything was painful about the performance from the uh, start. I mean, hey, just when Billy sat down, the head of Billy's dummy popped off right? and rolled onto the stage. The whole crowd lost it. You saw like the mechanics of the actual dummy. Yeah. Billy said, "Hold on, this will just take a minute." And starts trying to get the head back on. The crowd's booing. They're starting right. to heckle him. Instantly you can tell. On him. You can see Mr. Engels is disappointed. And then Billy just forcefully starts painfully going through this. I don't even know if you could call it an act. It was just terrible. He was, again, moving his mouth more than the dummy. Mm-hmm. It's like he wasn't paying attention to when the dummy was talking and he was talking. He was making... No sense. Yeah, he, he's, he's sweating profusely. He's a lot rubbing, of sweat. rubbing his eyes under his glasses and just kind of like, oh, oh. it's like about trying to like half start statements. Uh, he then proceeds to decide, oh, well, the only thing I can do to save myself right now is to call to attention that this is one of the most fam- famous. Uh, you- <laughs> Ventriloquist ever lived. He's here tonight. Oh, it was so awkward. Mr. Angles just walks he, out. He, he's literally leaving as he's saying this. People continue to boo. Um, and then, yeah, it's just kind of a proto Tim and Eric skit where it's just like the worst possible ventriloquist just sweating profusely and f- flopping around for a couple minutes. Then we, uh, that scene ends thankfully. Oh, yeah, it was so <laughs> awkward and painful to get through. Billy was already bringing me anxiety to see that and to see Billy sweating and just bombing. Yeah, uh, Mr. Ingalls slipped away, but, you know, he, he, he he's out. It's probably been a minute since he's out, so he's, he's dressed the nines. He's I like, was glad to see them wrap that up. Yeah, he, he goes to the bar, I guess, in this venue, uh, proceeds to get hit on. Uh, oh, yeah, another kind of young girl. I mean, 30s, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And Mr. Engel's 60s, 70s at least. They're all, all in old-timey dress. She's in, like, super old-timey dress, too. Yeah, I, I'll give you that kind of, like, Burning Man festival It's kind of strange. I don't know. Old Western Westworld or something. Yeah. But it's weird. And she's a hooker, definitely. Oh, yeah, Says something along the lines of, hey, cutie bye, you're as, almost as cute as my grandpa. I'll give you a family discount. Which, yeah, it's just a really weird offer. He, he Yeah, creeps he, on creeps. He, yeah, he, he's like, no, I'm good. But then, you know, he, uh, right when he was saying, like, yeah, I'm good, the Billy, you know, stumbles into the bar. He, he's like, oh, I'm, you know, sorry for wasting your time. Uh, you know, and he asks him, like, you know, would you, was it, was it terrible? He's like, no. But yeah, it was horrible and gives him some uh, feedback. She says you had no act, you had no presence on stage, you didn't connect with the audience, you didn't have any jokes. All correct, all correct. Um, so he's he's devastated. He uh, he says al- almost leaves uh, his his dummy uh, again as he's leaving the bar. Like, hey, don't forget this. Yeah, Mr. Angles also like, tells him to forget about it. Mm-hmm. To you know, quit. 
Yeah. Go do something else, kid. Why is he ahead? He should have been a doctor. His mom was right. Right. Uh, So then uh, this is where you read his, you know, Billy leaves. Mr. Ingalls turns over to the the lady of the night and uh, takes her up on her offer. Uh, Cut to Billy just freaking out, heading like in the middle of the... He's like, looks like he's in the middle of the woods, but there's a dumpster in the foreground, so he's heading towards this dumpster, and he's like, oh, I wasted my life. Everyone was right. I, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't have been a ventriloquist, I guess, and tries to throw it in the dumpster, but like it's really lazy and kind of just hits the side of the dumpster. Just, he's like, like litters a uh, big old uh, dummy next and to And we him. hear a scream. And then we hear a scream, but, I, you know, come on, man. If, you, if you're... You're really gonna stop being a ventriloquist. You should properly dispose of your dummy. I you don't need to be. They just litter the sides of the road. It's it's a huge problem. Look, I get what you're saying. We we don't want to overwhelm the planet with too many dummies. I know. But Billy had a good reason. He he missed his shot. He mm-hmm. didn't make it in the dumpster. And then there was this scream that was almost perfectly timed with the dummy hitting the dumpster. It almost felt like the dummy screamed. Yeah, I almost thought that the first time I watched the episode too. But then no, it's this female in the distance that Billy goes running towards and we see a girl in a car who has some kind of blood on her. Can't really tell where the wound comes from, but she's got some blood and her eyes are closed. So we assume she's dead. Billy pops his head in the guitar. There's kind of a, uh, there's a crowd of people around um, and Billy pops his head in the car and says something like, smells like gasoline. No one light up a smoke. No one light up a smoke. Again, futuristic turn of the century. Everyone's smoking so that, you know, he has to say that just as a common courtesy so the car doesn't blow up. And then he goes running off. And where where he goes running off to is Mr. Ingalls' busted-ass house. And he pounds on the door, and Mr. Ingalls opens the door. No, he busts in. Oh, he Mr. Ingalls, Mr. Ingalls doesn't open the door. No. Billy's no. that pissed that he Billy, breaks through the door. He breaks and enters into Mr. Ingalls' house. Says you killed her. You you, you killed her too? You know? And he gets it. He's starting to realize Mr. Ingalls didn't just kill this girl. Mm-hmm. He killed the other girl. Oh, yeah. The girl back in the dressing room. He's never into a twist, but he, he's a little bit of a detective, it turns out. And this, you know, he busts in. Mr. Ingalls has like a syringe. In, I'm going to say it's in his arm. I know that Jesse will try to make you believe that he was sh- uh, shooting in his leg. I just don't remember that scene. Uh, either way, Schrodinger's uh, syringe, it could be one or the other at both times. Uh, anyway, he, he there's a brief struggle. He, you know, he's like, no, don't do that. Get that shit out of here. And breaks his morphine, apparently. Yeah, Billy grabs... <laughs> the morphine glass vial away from Mr. Ingalls after breaking in and saying, you killed her, you killed them both, shatters the morphine against the wall. And Mr. Ingalls starts saying like, no, I didn't kill him. I didn't kill him. And you can tell Mr. Ingalls is stressed. Like, he needed that morphine, man. And he's like, hey, you know what? It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was Morty. He killed them. And this is... Billy's like, wait, Morty the dummy? Yeah, and he's also like, you can't help. There's people out there who'll help you. He's like, what, you think I'm crazy? Mr. Ingalls is saying, I didn't kill those women. Morty did. And this is where 
you know, our protagonist, Billy, is he's so flabbergasted. He's like, no, no, it's, he can't possibly do that. He's just bits of wood and cloth. Let me, let me show you. And he's digging through the trunk uh, as... Mr. Ingles. Mr. Ingles is hanging out in the kitchen, just kind of right next to this large, comically large cleaver just hanging out in his kitchen. Uh, you know, if you, if you saw it in like a, a role-playing game, it would probably be a plus three. Probably be pretty good. It'd probably be an upgrade for you. Um, anyway, I was just chilling. He he's, uh, has the dummy's clothing. Oh, sorry. Billy has the dummy's clothing on his, on his hand, and there's no head. Uh, and he's like, you know, look, he's got, he got his clothes right here. But Mr. Ingalls says, but he doesn't have a head. And that's when he lightning fast strikes with his his giant meat cleaver and barely misses him and gets it stuck in the, the trunk. Then there's a bit of a scuffle where uh, Mr. Ingalls says, I needed that morphine to control him. Uh, and he's like, look again, you, you forgot the, you forgot the most important part. And he's like, he's like, okay, I guess I'll, I, I guess you just tried to attack me from behind, but I'll turn my back again to like, uh, and you're my, my hero. So he's looking through and it's just like this mask. That's right. Morty's not a fucking doll. He's a fucking, he's my fucking brother. And he rips off his, his hand scarf. And boom, it is the grossest little, like, turnip-looking mutant. Uh, mutant abomination that just starts talking. And, yeah, he's not doing a voice. That's just his normal hand Morty voice, and it is horrific. And that's when shit gets taken all the way up to a 10. I, I I feel. Do you do you remember the sequence of events that happened after this? This oh, yeah. scene. Oh, it's it's burned my mind because what what goes down is Mr. Ingalls starts saying that that they're brothers and and Morty starts saying yeah, but I'm uh, I'm I'm the one with all the talent and we got to kill this guy Billy and they start trying to attack Billy with that giant butcher's knife. Both of them, and Morty the Hand is kind of holding down Billy, holding his two his, little, his little slimy, slimy mutant hands. Right his face is touching, uh, you know, it's, it's touching Billy's face, and it's so gross. Yeah, that was like almost worse than being threatened with a cleaver. I was like, Ugh, get away from me. Yeah, yeah, seeing this. You know how that felt? Just nah, like wriggling nah. around on your neck, like that little uh, cabbage patch gross shit. I don't know. It's a wrist with two little wrinkly hands and a giant softball cabbage patch garbage pail like you were saying yeah it's so disgusting you wouldn't want it on your hand you'd never want to touch it and to see this thing like helping mr ingles the two brothers holding down billy trying to get the right butcher's strike <laughs> and billy says you can fight this you don't have to let you're such a great Ventriloquist, you're such a great performer. You're better than this. Yeah, Mr. Ingalls. That's when Morty's like, uh, would you say, bitch? No, I'm the brains. It's all my shit. Like, this guy's just, you know, master blastering me around. Mr. Ingalls is nothing to Morty. Morty's the whole show. He's the brains. He's the charisma. He's, he's, he wears the pants. And this is where you kind of see uh, a break in Mr. Ingalls. He just kind of is like, you know what? fuck you, and starts chopping off his own arm. 
Uh, it takes a while. Uh, lots of screams, lots of blood. Uh, it, it's seven strikes. It lasts a while. And it's showing you, and he's like working his way through it. Uh, and Morty's screaming because Mr. Engels everyone, is hacking off the wrist. Everyone's, everyone's screaming. screaming. It's just, everyone. And you think, you know what? This is going to be it. Mr. Engels is going to free himself. The curse of Morty. He's going to kill him. They're going to separate. And Morty is not dead. Morty starts wiggling and, and scrambling and, and, and oh, no, somehow yeah. maneuvering. Well, 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 Mr. Engels... Is like exhausted slash just like in shock. Has his arm off. He's Billy's like, oh my god, are you all right? He's like, no, I'm finally free. I'm finally free. Blah blah. He's like obviously fucked up, but he's he's doing. He's hanging in there, uh, covered in blood. Um, and that's when yeah, uh, Morty actually decides that he can just move very freely with his tiny wrinkly little uh you know no legs no, just a wrist just a wrist stub and like these little tiny tendril arms um he's booking it he's he's like aha no i'm free and then uh he s- dashes with the speed of a, a lightning demon straight across this cabin floor runs up mr ingles before anyone can react and then just latches onto his neck Billy's like, ah, oh, shit, and he's like trying to pull it off. Mr. Ringle's like, get off, get off, get off me, mother! Ah! And then tears his whole fucking neck off. Oh, yeah. This, uh, and by the way, Morty's mouth is probably no bigger than like a small bird's mouth, but yet he was able to get uh, all the neck. Hey, one, it all oh. just tore off. It was, that yeah, was messed up, and uh, yeah, now we know that Morty, although he looks silly as fuck and he shouldn't possibly be able to move this fast he's clearly a supernatural being oh he's a threat and so he's a threat now uh he starts sprinting and like hiding and like dipping around billy grabs a baseball bat they kind of go back and forth insulting each other there's circus music playing essentially just a really strange mood now. Yeah, the feel is so is so uncomfortable, and and all of a sudden these steak knives start. The steak knife flies across the room and oh, like no, no. sticks in the bat yeah, like, like, like Morty, a, a, like a kitchen steak knife that is not balanced for throwing. This fucking demon has the the power to launch it thirty feet. With, and stick it into solid wood a couple inches. It's insane. Oh, Morty's a menace, and he's taunting Billy, and Billy's trying to knock him out of the corners of the kitchen. And you can just get a vibe that Morty's going to win this situation. And Morty continues to... to. Oh, no, it's it's when, yeah, uh, he's like, oh, he can't catch me. And he, he is, like, kind of near Mr. Ingalls, and then Billy misses and just... Hits Mr. Engel's corpse with the baseball bat. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus. And the, the, the circus music continues to play. It's like the weirdest shit ever. And then I think Morty must have thought, oh man, this guy's a big doofus. I'm just going to tear his throat out. But first, I'm going to like... Taunt him. I'm going to taunt him a little bit. So he's just on the floor taunting him, saying he's just pathetic and sucks. And you know, he's not... He's, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a dummy. Might as well be, right? Uh, this is where Billy realizes Billy realizes that the the floorboard that Morty's sitting on, it's loose. It's loose. He's he, he like tests it with his foot just a little bit, 
and he he, he kind of like hit it in the first time he walked over it the first time we were here uh, for kind of like a little bit of foreshadowing but long story short he's like okay I got you so he, he winds up he smashes the board down which launches Morty uh, final form Morty directly at him he boom Hits him with the force of a thousand suns. Like a T-ball. Like a T-ball. Knocks him across uh, the room. It bounces off a wall. This whole time, it's like slow motion. He's saying, Oh, God, no! Ah, oh. Like, just I'm just doing a lot of that. He lands perfectly in a meat grinder. Just, just, what are the odds of that? Uh, and... Billy capitalizes on that, runs right over and starts shoving Morty's little wrist-like body down to the grinder, spinning him through. Morty's screaming, no, don't, this hurts, help me, I'll do anything, don't do it, don't, no, oh, yeah, Billy. Just, just like, and, the, and the, at this point, the episode's just full insanity, and you're like, oh my god. Uh, but, Billy is like, anything... Bum, bum, bum. And then they're, they're, they're right into, it cuts to another show. It looks like uh, he's like a little bit better dressed. He's like feeling confident and like a little nervous. Oh yeah, Billy's in a suit, but you can tell Billy's looking good. Yep. He's, and the crowd is loving it. The crowd's loving it. And, uh, you know, you, you, he's doing a little ventriloquism act. You hear Morty's voice coming through. Uh, which only lasts like a little bit before Morty loses it because he, he sees uh, an attractive woman in in the set and just can't stop focusing on it, which causes Billy to be like, hey, stick to the script, stick to the script. Uh, he doesn't, continues to hound dog and cat call. It's like pretty gross. And then he's like, you know what? I'm just going to put you back in the meat grinder. Like he's saying all of this just in front of the, the crowd. starting to get a little confused. He... Uh, He's like, no, I'm re- or Morty's like, I'm, I'm renegotiating the contract, and and then Billy, Billy screams, starts screaming and like tearing at his hand, tearing at the puppet, and just trying to get it off. And uh, he gets manages to get it off as people are start screaming in the audience and running out. Where it's revealed that uh, yeah, Morty uh, again being a supernatural being was able to fuse with his hand, with Billy's hand in um, seconds and now they are one the curse has been given over i mean not only it was he mr ingle's brother but also a shape-shifting demon with insane speed and power and the ability to morph into someone's hand yeah he's become he's a parasite who's reattached himself to a new form we can only assume that he's eventually going to have control over billy's mind like he had over mr ingle's and you, you see this disgusting uh fusion between Billy's actual hand where like his fingers are sticking out through Morty's uh, fused body and it's like one of the grossest most disgusting things I've ever seen Um, it it was it was really gross oh yeah it was super gross and that was it and yep uh, he's screaming and it ends and then the Crypt Keeper uh, he he got his dummy out of the fire and he was he makes a few more puns it's it's pretty great and then the show ends. So, yeah, that was uh, the ventriloquist dummy. Uh, <laughs> I'd say, I don't know. I, I, I've always been a fan of this episode. I've seen it a few times. Um, I, I think we should probably just go to the, straight to the ratings. Uh, I'll have you go first, if you don't mind, Jesse. Okay, and what are we rating 
Uh, we were rating the episode, um, I'm going to say the uh, metric of stars, quote-unquote, is uh, Final Form Mortys. So out of ten Final Form Mortys... I will give it... Three Final Form Mortys out of ten. I thought it was disgusting. I thought it was gross. I did not like Morty. I didn't like the relationship that Billy had, hopelessly looking up to this idol who was a terrible person. I did not like the ventriloquist dummy. It made me feel awful. I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry that you feel that way because in my mind, I think this is an exemplary episode. You have the gross, you have the ridiculous, you have some very interesting acting and cameos and just like the cast in general, uh, a lot of life, a lot of, a lot of just, mm, just, just what I'm looking for. That juicy middle of the episode that I can just sink my teeth in and I get all, all the Final Four Mortys all over my face as they run down my chin. I'm going to say this is an 8.5, if not a 9. But I'm going to dial it back a bit and say 8.5 Final Four Mortys out of 10 Final Four Mortys. Well, we've come to that night, part of the night again. Where, um, what's the moral? The, well, I think the moral of the story is if you uh, have a strange malady, be it a parasitic brother hand or a parasitic... Tapeworm. Tapeworm. Or, you know, anything like that. Or a person in your life. Or, or in your life. You should... Uh, sh- yeah. You shouldn't let him control you because you still have, you know, you still have your own agency and you still... <laughs> you still... Uh, you gotta keep going on. You can't let something like that get you down and turn you to a life of crime and uh, burning prostitutes because that'll end your career. And it's bad. Don't be a parasite, and don't let other people be parasitic towards you. Stay strong. Night, boys and girls.